following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. It's Unicorn the Eternal Struggle on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... PSM Rod Darrell Maddox. And... Editor-in-Chief at ToonamiFaithful.com, CJ Maffris. And... Happy Kuro Kitty, here to talk only good things, because someone has to, about this show. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, you're showing your hand a little too early there. We I just feel like much. I know what's going to happen here, and I need to represent <laughs> my fandom. Listen, Perhaps. you knew have, what you signed guys, up for I'm the, as soon I'm the as you saw optimism. it. I'm the she is, she's just the obnoxiously bun, happy a bundle one that loves of everything. optimism. She is. She's, <laughs> she is the thing of the group. Yes, she keeps us going with our happiness. <laughs> She actually, yes. And it's not just the wine. It's not just the wine, guys. I promise. You haven't even started. As well, people. (laughs) Oh (laughs) boy, it's uh, it's been a while since either Kuro or Darrell have been on an episode. How you, how y'all doing? (laughs) Missed it. Finally getting out of the mud. Hmm. Well, I'm delighted to have you for this conversation and CJ, of course. I was going to say, if I've been on more podcasts than other people, there's a problem. Yeah. Sorry, I just, just haven't had much to say lately. I just really haven't more. had much to say lately. Well, maybe maybe that'll change, but probably not regarding upcoming tsunami schedule updates, because well, there's not much to talk about. Yeah, well, it's been dry to just, the Sahara right now. Gonna, gonna rip the Band-Aid off that is currently trying to hide a something flying out of our heads because Fooly Cooly Classic is back to replace Food Wars. Certainly an upgrade. I will never say otherwise. However, again? Again <laughs> with this? Well, I think the only... run in the middle of the block? I think the only thing that I question is, is just give us back the double one piece. I love that. Oh, please. We're we're this close to Dressrosa. Right. It's just, it it made the show, it made the show go by a lot better and like more digestible. So it's one of those kind of things where I just prefer that. And I know they've done it and they're like, well, it doesn't work as much. It's like, yeah, no, I I get it. It's just like, I wish it would. (laughs) That's my wishful thinking. One Piece is definitely a show that works better doing double episodes, I think. 100%. Because if you think about it, like you get, let's say the average half hour episode is about 24 minutes. The first three minutes are recap. And then the last two minutes are usually just like long and drawn out. So essentially you're getting about 19 to 20 minutes of actual content in a one piece episode That's out a of a day. half an hour show. Yeah. Three, yeah, three so, is on a good episode. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like two episodes, then you're like at least getting a bulk episode. Yeah. And so there, that's why I agree with CJ. Let's bring back the double one piece. 
I, I, I can't Can you get agree a side more. prize with it? Yes. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm sure that they're bringing back Fooly Cooly Classic the same reason they did it in 2018 when they were queuing up for the new Fooly Coolies that are coming. So I get it. However, if you really have nothing else, just shift the other shows up so I can go to bed sooner. We don't care about <laughs> your sleep schedule sketch. They really don't. They really, <laughs> really don't. And even yeah. though I'm on the West Coast, I got to get up so early on Sunday morning that I'd probably have to clock out after Dr. Stone, man. That's just... Understand. Sorry, sorry, One Piece. You know I love you. Do you do you love One Piece sketch? I mean, I love it enough to DVR it and watch it later, even though it's episodes I've already seen. So that's love. Find you that's... find yourself someone like Sketch who will watch you even when he's already seen everything. Yeah, and that dub just reached a thousand episodes. Congrats! No, that yeah. is a, that is a huge accomplishment. Like that legit, is crazy. the fact that they've stayed with it because there was a long stretch where people's like, did they just stop? Are yeah, for done? like two years, all mm-hmm. they released was some TV specials. Exactly. And, and so how we many other with... shows have reached that milestone, though? Like, that has Case to be a really closed. small number. Well, yeah. not Case closed. Well, no, 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 just in general. Like, Case yeah. Closed reached over 1,000. Uh, I feel Pokemon. like there's... Obviously, well, yeah. Um, what was that? Um, there's that children's anime that's still ongoing. Sanzei-san? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Actually, Dori- that might not be children's anime, all things considered. Uh, and I know Doraemon, I think, hit over a thousand. Possibly. It's right. taken breaks and like. Right. So it's like it's reset. literally that's it. <laughs> yeah. There's... So that should tell you how like and the fact that there's a thousand dubbed of one piece. just is mm-hmm. a, It's crazy. So huge accomplishment um, should not be you know taken lightly especially considering the amount of money 65 episodes behind japan that is crazy they've been busy over there and it, i think the biggest part about that though where it's like holy crap is like they don't get the type of investment back that say like other syndicated shows do that reach like huge milestones like that especially like western shows so it's like the fact that they're funimation sony crunchyroll are like no we, we're gonna see this through damn it the moving target be damned and, you know, sticking with it is, you know, commendable, you know, because easily they could uh, with how, how many things have been written off or dropped and things like that. Like they could have easily said, listen, we've already made our money on the sub. We don't we don't need to continue this. And it's like, no, we're going to we're going to keep going. So very, very good. It seems to be heavily implied that it's really Toei making this happen. I mean, maybe, but I, but they could have easily been like. Yeah, F y'all. Yeah, they could have given so. up. They've given up on a lot. Exactly. So, like, that's why I say, like, it, it's commendable regardless. Absolutely. And that is to say, if you want to watch uh, well over 900 episodes of One Piece dubbed, they are now on Crunchyroll. So, congratulations, Crunchyroll. You finally did it. Oh, I thought Don't you were going to say come to my house. Don't get started on Crunchyroll. I, I thought you were no, going to say no. come over to my house because I have like over 32 volumes of One Piece dots. I'm just well. saying, you know, the things I could say about Crunchyroll, I'm going to keep them out closed right now. That wait, shit wait, about wait. Tower God 
Sorry, that makes me really angry, and I'm still I'm still pissed about that. They keep finding new ways to screw over people, and it's really astonishing because I used to think that this was about the fans, but it's really not anymore, and it makes me angry, and that's my piece. Yet, ironically, they go to such lengths to protect the voices in that regard, but don't offer AI protections. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Very you know, interesting. Oh, wait. I'm just going to say, man, fuck country roles. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, man. Like, we, we, we gotta, we're going to tear country roll a new one on one of these podcasts, but not today. Uh, I got not, time. Not, not today. I mean, I got some I appreciate Darrell's candor. I do. <laughs> Someone had to say it. Hey, I've been I... one... Look here, dude. I actually tweet shit out to him, man, because I give zero fucks at this point with them. I mean, I'm paying for the service, man, but shit, at some point, I might, if it didn't have shit I want to watch, trust me, I would have got rid of Crunchyroll like a pad dirty-ass dramas. And this is why I'm glad I'm not behoven to anime anymore. I've long since let go of that. I, I have no <laughs> streaming service for anime whatsoever. Just Toonami or nothing. Mm, no, I'm sorry, man. It's just You got Hulu? Nope. Wow, no Hulu. The only yeah. thing I do really, and it's not anything really better, it's just Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many Twitch streams are you subscribed to? Three. Oh, Three. Well, that's that's reasonable. Yes, but I just <laughs> I meant more so the fact that Twitch isn't necessarily that good of a parent company either. So oh. it's not as if I'm on some sort of <laughs> it's not as if I'm on some sort of high horse thing. It's just like I got tired of the kind of corporate stuff going on with anime. So I was like, all right, I'm good. I'll buy stuff if I like the show or want to continue it, like One Piece, for example. Uh, but that that's pretty much it. I'll just watch Tsunami and then I'm out. Like, I'm good. Yeah. I actually just read fucking and whatever comes to my librarian roots again. <laughs> right. Reading is fundamental, bitches. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. yeah. It's just been a second since I've actually been on this podcast, man. Hell, I don't even remember the last time I've been on. I yeah, I couldn't pull that information out of the top of my head. That's for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, um, one more uh, additional news item is the Adult Swim Festival is returning for San Diego Comic Con the weekend of July twentieth to the twenty second. On Saturday, the twenty second of July is when the tsunami on the green panel will occur at five fifteen, sandwiched between a Gendy Tartakovsky meet and greet and a Gendy Tartakovsky musical experience at six fifteen. Interesting. Sketch, are you going? Uh it is supposedly free. Like you don't actually have to go to the. Oh. I'm. I'm kind of contemplating hopping on a plane and just going there for that day. That's but, not a bad idea. I don't know. It's mm, that is my regular day off though, so maybe I could pull it off. Right, but maybe. it's just it's one of those kind of things where it's just like I didn't know. I thought you had to pay, obviously, and like had like stuff well in advance. I but if you just show up for a day, I might be misspeaking on that, but I think it's technically outside of San Diego Comic Con, or at the very least, it doesn't cost anything extra. That's pretty cool though. That's dope. Yeah. Like if I wasn't working so much, I would actually look into that too. Because that sounds like that sounds like it'd be a fun little excursion. I, I miss out on my uh-huh. LA adventure, so I, I I'm definitely, you know, feeling a little LA uh deprived. 
Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we, Toonami Faithful, have certainly felt like we've been starved for news for the better part of the year or so. So this, this is where it's going to happen. This is what Jason said. Tsunami fans join us for a very fun panel with super special guests, a ton of announcements and news, and a general good time. Gil and I will be your hosts. So Hope, uh, hope springs yeah. anew. <laughs> that's that's good to hear. And uh, at the uh, was it the combination production IG wit panel at Anime Expo. Basically, nothing was said about Uzumaki and Fully Cooley, except for they're coming. They're happening. There should be news (laughs) at San Diego Comic-Con. Also, Maki made sure that everybody understands Uzumaki has not been canceled. If you hear Uzumaki's been canceled from anybody but her or Jason, don't believe it. Has that actually been a rumor floating around? I wonder why. I don't know. Me to say that. Yeah, I was about to say that. I've never I, seen I, anything like even remotely to that. Of course, I have a lot of like my timeline has been very purged and clean lately. Mm. So I might be missing something, but I, 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 never I feel like that's that. probably more related to the fact that Warner Brothers Discovery keeps, you know. Gotcha. OK. <laughs> I was just I was surprised because I never heard anything like even remotely close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but one thing that was announced at Anime Expo where V Lord attended and uh, yeah, he didn't get anything from that previous panel. But the uh, Wit Studio and Warner Brothers Japan collaboration turned out to be a Suicide Squad Isekai. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's what we need. More isekai. I was missing that in my life. Yeah, we need more isekai and more Harley Quinn and the Joker and the Suicide Squad. Okay, can we get something else, please? Yeah, said no one ever. Uh, I was not ready for Bashonen Joker, okay? I was not. I was not. Get Troy Baker to voice him, please. Oh, God. Uh, but I can't help but notice he looks a lot like Jared Leto, and I just don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> no, worst fucking Joker ever. Oh, man. That we live in a society in another world. He should have just stayed with 30 <laughs> Seconds to Mars, man, because I want to send his ass there. Like, on one hand, it's not Batman, <laughs> per se, but it's Batman adjacent. We all know that. It's Batman adjacent. Just, I know Harley Quinn and the Joker are popular, but... <laughs> You missed that very underrated pun that Darrell just threw out there. Come on. We need to take a moment for that excellent pun. Please repeat. And I kind of like yes. him. I like him in 30 Seconds to Mars. I do wish he had stayed there. Yeah. Yeah, don't we all? Look, he's. I've seen him do some pretty decent acting in some movies, but. That was not one of them, though, Bay. No, no, it was not. <laughs> Dude, me taking a dump was a better fucking experience. (laughs) Man, we all know that Viola Davis is the only good thing about that movie. Pretty much. She was the (laughs) fucking villain. (laughs) She's a great Amanda Waller. And Amanda Waller's in this. Are you ready for anime Amanda Waller? I don't think you are. (laughs) Actually, anime Amanda Waller already happened. There was that uh, Catwoman 
movie animated in Japan by people who've worked on Lupin stuff. And ah, oh boy, that thing is a uh... <laughs> the dialogue is so bad. <laughs> it's just now I need to uh, watch it. Now I really need I, to watch it. <laughs> I think it's yeah. It's, yeah have, have fun with that. But anyway, this this thing, who knows how long it'll be before it comes out. Who knows if it'll even be on Tsunami? Jason doesn't know. Yeah, which <laughs> is why I'm kind of like, why even bother bringing it up since none of us actually really care about it? <laughs> I mean, I actually do kind of care about it. It oh, despite, despite my initial impressions of, really, this this is this is what you're going with? Sketch, Look, you the can't character designs can't show are, any. The character designs are Akira Amano... Who did Reborn and Eld Live and Psychopaths? The music is composed by Kenichi Suhiro, who did ReZero, Golden Kamui, and Fire Force. Sketch. And the scripts are from the creator of ReZero and the VV anime and light novels. But the, but the issue is, is that if you want things to, I don't know, be different, you have to not show interest. So all of a sudden you say this, and it's like, oh, see? We're going to make more Batman adjacent things, especially with Harley Quinn front and center with the Joker. Oh, look at this. Everyone's interested. We're going to make more isekai anime. Like, you got to not show interest for the things to finally change. Because, like, if we're just going to get complacent and just watch the same old shit, then it's just going to be the same cycle over and over. I also, I want to. I can like aspects of this production. That's that's fair. Yes, you can. Yeah, I just can't with the isekai anymore. But they're getting worse and worse and less original. And like, it's like you have to really dig through the crap to find the gem. I'm not saying there aren't gems there. There are gems. I like the concept, but it's so repetitive and they keep throwing the same shit against the wall. And I'm just like, after the shield hero fiasco, the ones like the ones that I like just don't keep going. The ones that I love don't seem to develop and then the ones that I, I gain this weird wild popularity and I'm like did people just forget what was did we all just forget that we like plot and something besides I don't know I don't know maybe just me and then it's weird like a fetish crap because a lot of these have slave fetishes and I think that's weird and I'm I'm, I'm not gonna apologize for that fuck shield hero for that very fucking <laughs> I'm yes. not it's ever dis- watched it's that. It's a disturbing trend how many of these things have been I mean, I, I took a lot of fucking offense to that. Seriously. I mean, Shield Hero is probably the. Trust me, if if I could wipe any shit off the face of the earth, it would be Shield Hero. Like, seriously, if somebody was to buy me that, I would either piss on it, defecate on it, and then burn it. And it's not even yeah. worth even shitting on it because that's my shit is actually valuable. Yeah, and it's weird how, like, committed some of their fans are. I'm like, what are you trying to make this? This isn't quality. This is this is literally passing for average. To be honest with you, it's just some things that's deep down inside people that they want to actually be adjacent to. But oh, being but my, um, dealing with who I am and, you know, yeah. history is the sake of um, African-Americans. I don't see anything fucking commendable about fucking slavery, period, with any people. Yeah. So, basically, in the words of my folks, and I have an inside joke, Shihiro can ask my ass. See, you heard it here, folks. How we feel 
about that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I think we might need to get started, man. Okay. <laughs> Don't apologize for that. Don't apologize. Uh, Just need uh, like like I feel like I'm I re- usually tend to be respectful of people's different opinions about different types of and isekai, but I still think the sleigh fetish thing is really insensitive. It's really gross. And it tries to sexualize it in a way that's and doesn't have show any kind of understanding of what reality is. And I'm and like, I'm sorry, but there's a point where it's just ridiculous and should stay in the realm of like a niche thing, not be out there for the rest of us to have to be encounter to have to encounter. This is like going way off topic, but I feel better for having said that. True. And to add some levity, uh, (laughs) because uh, the the latest animated atrocity from Gohans has come out. Actually, I think they have two shows this season. But one is the girl I forgot, girl I like forgot her glasses. And it's making the rounds because the camera work is something else. But funny, funnily enough, uh, Jason DeMarco sort of likes it. He, he, My he dream he is it. coming, Sketch. So, so the dream is coming. It's coming. It, this is what he says. People well, don't know how to handle anything that isn't the same old, same old. Keep dancing to the is beat of your own called? drum, go hands. Is that what it's called? The uh, girl I like forgot her glasses. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a cute. Rom-com. That is so cute. <laughs> that is so cute. Sorry, that's just a really cute title. Yeah, the it's a it's a it's a gag manga romance comedy that is available on Manga Up. <laughs> Square Enix is crap, and it's yeah, it's pretty cute. I've read some of it. Uh, it has a constant running gag of the girl keeps forgetting her glasses it it continues to get more and more ridiculous <laughs> but gohans took this very simple premise and just kind of went crazy with the visuals those visuals were so fucking satisfying really <laughs> i actually liked it man the little sequences man so you know all right <laughs> Look at it. Look at it. Dude, I'm starting to give me motion sickness. Just give us handshakers already. Look at it, man. Do it. Yeah, look here. If we do, if they give us handshakers, CJ, you know, we got to watch it again. I am. Are you kidding me? I am going to take over the Tsunami Faithful Twitter and make it a handshakers stand account. You can't stop me. Yes. At some point, I'm going to stop thinking. That you that you really hate it and are joking about this and that you actually really love the show and then and then I'm gonna have to question this entire relationship, CJ. <laughs> I, I have a love hate. I have a love relationship with it yeah. because the stories I heard from the cast when they found out what they were recording are absolutely hysterical. I wish I could have. <laughs> Those I want to hear. I wish Those I, I want to hear. They they wouldn't allow us to record for obvious reasons. Uh, I wish I could. That would have been fantastic. But the stories were hilarious. And second, the visuals made me throw up. Absolutely freaking loop. Yeah. I got sick. <laughs> but the fact that I wanted, like, I am a horrible person. I want this to be shared misery. I don't I want it just for myself. I want to, I want to give it to everyone. It's the same reason why I would love for, like, oh, God, what's a real shitty anime to put on Toonami? Like, um. Air Master? Well, besides 
handshakers. Uh, I would I would love for something like tattoo taboo, like just god no. oh god no no terrible. no 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 absolutely awful wretched shit to just give middle birds i would laugh hysterically at no, that burning field that's why that's why i would take handshakers because it's like the i'd be the one dumbass that's like yes i'd be like that spongebob meme where he's like whoa yeah yeah when he thought he was getting the promotion uh when it was actually squidward that's me with handshakers I don't actually like it. I just like the meme of it. It's a meme in and of itself. And the fact that DeMarco acknowledged the studio that made it, God bless. Sir, do us a favor. Put it on. It'll be cheap. It's disgusting. It will make people sick. You'll even get haters sending you probably death threats. But you know what? Screw it. You said it. You put it out there. Let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. But it is awful. I need to actually review that thing of like an official capacity because I will just like I said, the beginning part, this anime sucks. That's the review. And then I would go into detail like more. <laughs> so. Oh, the stories. They're good stories, too, especially uh, where one character or one person had to voice like a brother sister thing. And they were like, wait, what? And they like, oh, lost, yeah. they lost their shit. Absolutely lost their shit. That's awesome. Yeah, never change it. Well, actually, no, do change anime. Please do. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah, it's it, it's time to get to our main topic. <laughs> that took an eternity. <clears throat> Thank you. So... We have gone long enough that this entire 10 episode run has already concluded. So we're going to talk about all of it. Yeah, I'm only talking about half of it. Deal. As long as it's the second half. Sure, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) So what is Unicorn Warriors Eternal? Well, Well, besides being a, uh, a story that... Gendy and his collaborators have been trying to make it to a show for apparently pretty much their entire career. Like over 20 years, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is the story of uh, three noble warriors that are tasked with defeating the evil, and they are reincarnated multiple times through the years so that they can continue to come back and defeat the evil. And, you know, it just keeps cycling over and over and over again. But this latest cycle, things don't go as it should. The robot gets woken up too early. He sends the souls of these warriors into people who are a bit too young to handle the responsibility. And the adventure goes from there as they try to figure out what thing they're fighting and why and there are so many questions of identity particularly for emma slash melinda and it's you know it's <laughs> this show goes everywhere and does everything in 10 episodes <laughs> what one more you always say uh, I, honestly, I don't know I, <laughs> I feel like 
it's it's possible to see through those eyes if i were to look through it through those lens that in 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 his effort to really get this idea up and running over the past two decades some compromises were made and some of the um ideas have maybe been eroded into something that would be more palatable you know because because tartakovsky does have like a lot of edginess to his creations and this one I would agree lacks a certain amount of, but if I were to place this in of other works of his, I would say there is an element of sophistication here. There's a lot more character driven uh, um, storyline and, and, and in general, it's much more about each individual and their character interactions rather than action driven stories and narratives. And that was kind, it was a unique thing for me to see in this, but still attractive enough for me to keep coming back to see what happens next, because there is a compelling overarching storyline. You're really trying to see like, okay, these characters are disaster. They're not, they're not, they haven't come back the way they're supposed to come back. They have to figure out a way to make it work. What happens next? You know, I did like that. Maybe it's just that I'm at a point in my life where I'm interested in that individual story and how it comes in overall narrative but i think each of the unicorn warriors you know and then what's her name um emma melinda the whole emma melinda thing i don't know i i i found it interesting i liked that i didn't like her all the time but i did feel for her and relate to her i liked that she had this constant complexity with you know trying to understand too and i could get angry at her about and and I could feel something about it. And then you could see this building of character as they both realize they have to find a way to cooperate to like really their goal. So um, it was fun. It was fun. I, I love the idea. I think they did a great job of setting up for the four seasons that it's supposed to have. And I'm very interested in seeing the story develop from there. I, I will say the Flash, premise take. from the from the first episode was uh, interesting enough. Uh, very rarely do we see any show kind of tackle uh, reincarnation as well as the kind of the effects of what happens when something like that's going on. Like you got to see how Emma's life was uprooted and how much that not only pained the, her loved ones around them, her fiance, her family, but well as heard and struggling with the whole mission that uh, Melinda had as opposed to, you know, just being the average girl trying to live a normal day life. I, I like that. It just, it felt a bit too ambitious. And then there was at points where the story itself felt like it was just dragging to try to set up the kind of story of why this reincarnation is as important as it is without actually even doing anything. Cause the only time I ever felt that it was actually like vital to know why these heroes were being, you know, setting back over and over was Melinda. Right. We, we find out about her past with her family. We find out that it was pretty much the order was set up by her father, Merlin, as well as, you know, her to stop this huge evil. And then seeing how vital it was throughout the through reincarnation process of the story of her and like controlling her powers, uh, stopping the necessary evils that goes out there. And then how this, you know. A uh, very spunky young woman, Emma, is able to kind of be a thorn in her side of what a, her destiny is and kind of like pushing back on this whole narrative of what needed to be. It, it's why I, I enjoyed the concept. I just I mm -hmm. needed a bit more 
of that happening because like i say i can't recall many shows where reincarnation is really used as much i mean you might see it uh, kind of timely for this episode with ray zero where subaru would go back in time but no one else would know about it so it's kind of just a, uh, something that he has to bear which is you know interesting in and of itself but it's very much something that i feel like isn't explored a lot and it's pretty interesting I just didn't get the full fulfillment of at least that type of aspect within the storytelling uh, for the other two uh, unicorn warriors, I'll call <laughs> just as kind of like a play on where with that. I, th- I thought Melinda and Emma were really flushed out uh, fantastically. I just it was just if they weren't really on center stage for it or if the scenes were kind of just, you know, prattling along, I was just getting bored way too quickly. Mm. That that's a really excellent criticism, CJ. I I think that's really thoughtful. <laughs> well, it, it's like I say, it's it's you notice the whole thing because it's like you you see the premise for we are unicorn warriors, stop the evil, and you see them, you know, in different time periods doing their thing, and I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Just because it's like I, I'm a sucker for that type of trope. We all have our little tropes and stuff that we like, you know. And then all of a sudden you see how it gets screwed up on this one. And it's like, oh, so now we get to see the consequences and not so much like the standard hero's sacrifice of like, yes, I gave. Well, as we saw with uh, the elf dude, Eldred, I think his name was. I'm, I'm yeah, not as Eldred. familiar. And like you saw the sacrifice that he had to make in the later part of the series where he's like had to fake his death so that his family wouldn't like hate him anymore, pretty much. And his younger well, brother's able his you know his younger brother takes uh takes his body so to say and like you know plays the part that he wanted to be so that eldry could continue on to be a unicorn warrior but that was just like so fast it was like a snap of the finger and like it's edred apparently thank you i have a hard time with it too i just the thing is like if you can tell mike he's an elf there has to be an l in there somewhere. right it's one of those kind of things where when a series doesn't really grab a hold of me it just goes out of my mind very quickly and this one sadly had that type of effect unless i just of course, called him the elf guy the elf guy sure well good i can i can't remember saying but like it's just saying leaves needed... an impression not a great one for me, <laughs> honestly. The but that I thought it was gonna make that dopey but... Elmer Fudd face. Uh, I didn't... Wait, wait, what were you saying? Wait, wait, what was Mr. Rob saying? I was like, it didn't make the impression on me that I thought it would because, like, you know, when I saw the little previews, it was seeming pretty interesting. But the one thing that did give me was like, you know, reincarnation. You never have two bodies like actually in conflict with each other like that. And so with Emma and Merlinda, I'm like, wow, this so y'all actually doing this this time around? Because, you know, in most isekai, you know, they're born into that body and, you know, the original personnel is pretty much gone. That was like probably one of the first mm-hmm. times I've seen something like that. <clears throat> but I do like Copernicus, man, you know, the little Steam Bible, you know, Steam, you know. Oh, yeah, he was real quick. You know, you know, that's the Tin Man to me right now, so... <laughs> I, I mean, the design was okay. I, I think the only thing that got me was the very, like, no, the second episode where he tips his hat to the old guy who looks just Love like that. him. That was about it, though. I, I just, like, it wasn't, I don't know, just, it's almost this as is, if, like, the show was trying to, like, have, like, oh, wait, here, throw this shiny robot to distract people about, like, how kind of the pacing was off or well, how remember, this might not be going as well as Well, remember, this was written for young viewers. 
Yeah, and so yeah, I think because the they fact, don't know no goddamn better though. Well, we there's there's that, but I I still didn't get the feel that it was like specifically for that because like you're you are talking about you know I wouldn't say heavy topics, but something that I I'm sure they would have some angry letters from parent you know helicopter parents, right? So yeah, especially yeah, yeah. especially when we learned about cutting out the nipples. So by all means, there, I mean you, have, you, we have, you have, had nipples. There's there's I'm, there's I'm elements of what you're saying. Felt like that, that was important, and I needed that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was, would have done so much for his character. It, I mean, it's the same reason why people love the plot in anime and the plot in anime. By all means, I'm down. Um, I mean, but it, let's let's not pretend Idrid did have have a nice chest. I mean, I, I'm not okay. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. It was. It's just. I mean, if we're going to go by the art, I just I didn't like it. The only thing I liked was Emma's expressions. And that was about it. It was just uh, it looked way too like 1990s Disney that I'm like, what are we trying to do here? There's a lot of different influences here, mainly like Fleischer with Betty Boop and Popeye. Yeah. And, and some Tezuka. Yeah. Very and, stylized. Yeah, definitely. There were definitely a lot of things. I'm like, that looks like a Disney horse. Yeah, or it like the or I think Winston it the worked. It could have worked if they had been a little bit edgier with the the animation. I think that would be my only real complaint is the animation. It just it, it's I loved Too the round. different style concept. The different style concept was great, but then they didn't commit to it, and then they didn't they didn't go a little further with it. You know, like you said, you have the Elmer Fudd, you have the Betty Boop. But like, take it a little further than that. I think it would have it would have come together really beautifully to just have like these edgy caricatures of popular uh, uh, animated types. Oh man, Winston as a wolf! I half expected him to do the Tex Avery like heart eyes thing. Right. God, yeah. I don't know. Some frames he looked like Tom, like from Tom and Jerry. (laughs) Yeah, I just this was really just like a pop culture reference overload, and the point is like you know, too many cooks spoil the stew, man. Mm. And that's what happened. I, I don't guess, know. I, I I think the visuals are one of the high points. I I guess for me it's just like, it, for me like peak character design when it comes to Tartakovsky's shows is uh, seasons one through four of Sam Jack. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's just oh, to yeah. me that has like such a distinct style. Just even with Jack himself, who's very simplistic, but yet it's the harsh. It's like very simplistic, but yet it's harsh at the same time um, and very stern. You know, like it had all the elements that really worked. And it wasn't just him. It was the robots. It was Aku. It was, you know, the Scotsman. The it was Scotsman. It, there was a lot of just really oh, kind man. of unique stuff that made it Tartakovsky. And you, and you saw a little bit of that at, like in Dexter's lab, for example, too. Um, and, and it's something that I did kind of feel in Primal, and I mean more so where I would put Primal more towards um, what we're seeing with uh, Unicorn Warriors Eternal than opposed to the Sam Jack Dexter's Lab type of thing. You know, and I, and I like Primal more because of the storytelling. Like, I think it's peak storytelling, honestly. And like, so you have uh, Unicorn Warriors Eternal, which didn't quite hit me with the story itself didn't quite hit me with the character design. And so I'm kind of left sitting here with my hands up like Ricky Bobby. Like, what do I do with my hands? I don't know. What to make of this. <laughs> I, I, really, I really don't. It's like, it's one of those types of things where it doesn't impress in a lot of areas that 
I would want it to. And like maybe and maybe it's come to a point where I'm just not a Tartakovsky guy. Like the last thing, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Primal. Uh I think Primal is on the same level of Arcane and um Invincible. Like legitimately. I, I will it say is. it's a, it's a strong third. It is. But like but like the fact that you're even mentioned in the same breath as those two types of series, you're doing something right. But yet, like, I think that Sam Jack is like really the culmination of what makes Tartakovsky such a brilliant, you know, creator and just everything else kind of just eh. uh, I was a little too old uh, for Dexter's Lab. So I missed the initial like start of that. I only saw it like after it was all done. Uh, and I like it. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't think it's terrible whatsoever. Um, but any type like Symbionic Titan, I, I can take or leave it. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, oh, God, don't oh. let Paul hear you say that. How dare I you? Don't, I will I say that, that to Paul show. in the three. It just doesn't do it. I just I don't oh, get the love like for it. Show, man. I don't I don't see it. It's I don't act. my favorite. Shake it, bake it. I am sorry. I'm not you know necessarily what, I'm not even saying like you have bad taste or anything like that. It just wasn't for me. And so yeah. Yeah, I kind of put I put this kind of in that same where it's just like, yeah, it's there. I just don't really care. Like it's just it, it misses the mark for me. I I think you're undercutting one thing, though, that they did really well, which was the sound element. It does with sound design and using balancing silence and music mm-hmm. and, and taking out music and using sound effects. And he does he's he's really gotten it down to a science. And it's it's almost to the point where I had to go back and rewatch episodes to really appreciate how he enhanced a moment with how he utilized sound in that. And that was a technique he developed in Jack and also used again in Primal. And it was so, it, it's just so fantastic how he does that. I really love the way Tartakovsky uses sound. And I've written about it before in the past on the website about using using silence and using sound effects. But I I thought that like, you know, there's a moment where um, Copernicus and you just, he is, is, is walking or rolling or whatever he's doing and you only hear him and you hear his kind of robotic sounds. And it's it really impacts you about like, that's what the situation is. So I think that that is, I, I, I hope that we all can agree that he did that well in this series. It didn't uh, yes. hit. It didn't hit for me. It, I missed it because, like, oh. I think, I think for me with it, because, like, if, if it wasn't, if Copernicus could actually talk, I think I'd have more impact with the sound effects work. Because imagine, like, he could talk, you can understand it, but then all of a sudden, like, he's just at his his wits end and he starts mm. doing those sound effects. I think that would be a much more dramatic effect. To me, it was but just kind of like, what kind of voice? Very what? Look at me, I'm silly. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of. It felt like it was distract, like from him especially, or it, I should say, was distracting more than anything. Like if you want to give me like the more uh, memorable moments, like where uh, Elfdred was like, oh my god, you know, Melinda doesn't love me anymore. You felt a little bit of the heartache with that, where you would get some of the, you know the sadder sounds. You know, <sighs> him kind of like his voice kind of travel, uh, you know, tailing off at the end, kind of realizing it. Um, maybe you would see more of like the anger when him and Winston fought over, you know, the attention of Melinda and Emma. So like there, I think, I mean, I I see it more there. Okay, CJ, CJ, what, what kind of voice should Copernicus have? (laughs) Ooh, oh, you're going to like this one. I think you should have Darrell's voice. That was exactly (laughs) where I was going to go. 100%. 
You cannot tell me that wouldn't make more sense. Especially, it would be great. Especially when all Copernicus kept hearing is like, you effed up, you effed up. Be like, motherfucker, I got woken up so fucking early. I wasn't ready for this. We had to get this shit done now. Like, seriously, why the fuck did you wake me up at this fucking point? It is not time for this shit. This was not right now. This was not written in the late 90s, okay, guys? <laughs> I know, but that's at least like my 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 thing. Darrell, John talking robot voice by Bro, Phil Lamar. Let's go. Oh soul of a black. I would have easily yeah. put this show up higher if they did something like that because it, it would be just. They already made Copernicus like oh, jokey. Oh shit, anyway. Adrian, she don't love you no more. Right, but it'd be like, <laughs> or like, or here's an idea sketch. Make it like Bumblebee from Transformers. And he could then pull, like, sound from other things that would be, like, something from this show, something from that show, from his own shows. Okay, that's that's maybe a little too meta. <laughs> but it's just one of those types of things where it's just, like, to me, like, I- I'll give you some, like I mentioned, some of the scenes before. Except, uh, has- except okay, one, one thing. If he did that, and at some point he got a hammer, and it was an audio clip from Symbionic Titan of the guy going, The Hammer! I would have accepted this. You know what I'm saying? Like that would have made it. It would make the show so much more memorable, and it like it would. It actually makes a lot more sense to me, considering how long it took to have the show created in the first place. So it's like this is his like. At some point, somebody did say an unspeakable evil, and I was like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) but it's like you have him reference, you know, like his Dexter's Lab, his Primal, his. Uh, Sam Jack, but you get what I'm saying, like with Copernicus, with Copernicus for sounds. I would have yeah, loved that. I really absolutely like the, loved it. I like the steampunk sounds. I did not. Well, they're not bad. It's just I, they're nothing memorable for me. I, I will say that it did kind of get tiresome with Copernicus that he really didn't make that many different noises, so it was a lot of the same. But I mean. What Curl was saying about all the other noises that you'd hear throughout, like through the city, when they're up at Otto's place, you know, there's lots of great steampunk sounds. He made excellent use of steampunk sounds, and I'm I'm all for that. Aesthetics mm-hmm. in this series are really good, in my opinion. It's the writing that's the problem. <laughs> Action also very good. Again, the writing is the problem. And that's the thing. You can appreciate those sounds. You can appreciate the silence. But you know what this show was a whole lot of? Get characters Nothing. talking and not talking about much of anything. It just felt like it was dragging, didn't it? Yeah, I In think it was frankly bored kids. In 10 episodes. I was like, how did we? How did, how did this happen? What has happened? As, as, the fairness, great Mark Jackson, as I said, they do many things in 10 episodes, but... It drags. It really Thrill. does. It's like what I feel the great like Mark you Jackson all watched a different show. It what does happened? kind of feel oh like that we got, we, yeah. I think we Y'all, watched the show in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we watched a different show because I didn't feel like it dragged. Like the plot developed at a really good pace and they had really good character development. And the only thing it was lacking was really consistent, flashy action, which is kind of a hallmark for this, for the creator. But I didn't notice it because I 
into the story and the characters um, and it could be it's entirely possible this was just the show i needed at this time you know a lot of times we mood watch and i mood watch i'm guilty of it and i say it all the time and this was really fitting my mood where it was i could i could invest just enough of myself that i didn't have to be like totally emotionally like you know uh, scraped away to get into it and also the action we got so much action in primal this one really focused on characters and how the characters interact with each other. I'm going to defend this show. I think it was good. I think you guys should give it a chance, and I think we should see another season. <laughs> I'm not well, going to say no to another season. It's just, it's not for me. It, it just really isn't. I, like, that, before Primal, the, the last thing I liked was Sam Jack 1 through 4. <laughs> that's the thing. We are left on a major cliffhanger. The mm -hmm. status quo has dramatically changed. And to that I say, okay, cool setup for what could come next. If it never gets another season, that sucks. This story sucks. If it does get another season, maybe it turns out all right. It's like Magical Warfare all over again, Sketch. I'm not doing no, this again. Don't, no, don't ever talk about me. I am not Andy doing this. Andy needs to stop writing cliffhangers into his season finales. It's driving me crazy. I can't do this anymore. No, did it with Primal, not. did it with Symbiotic Titan, doing it with this. What if, what if we never get more? What if we never get more? I would actually I be upset. I won't even I would that. actually be upset about that. I do agree with Curl, despite the show not being for me, there needs to be more. There has to be. There has to be. But will there be? Like, such disservice. Absolute disservice. There was something you said, CJ, that, that did make me think that if I could... You know, we played this was uh, this idea with the what was the other beautifully done show that the plot just failed horribly. The Crunchyroll Fena? original series. Fena. Yeah. Fena. Fena. Yes. With Fena that this that that Rest we were peace. talking about how rewrite would do this. If I were to rewrite this show, the one thing that I think I would do is something that was done well in Samurai Jack, which is have the intro as it was. And then maybe another another episode. And then the next episode be the foundation story. The how did we get here? And really devote time to it. Make it a two-episode cross crossover like the mother, they've been chasing the evil, how they recruited everybody, whatever. Really delve into that to make you commit to why they're actually doing this. That would be, I think, the one thing that maybe mm. would make at least tip things over a little bit. They did a hint of that with Emma, you know, kind of digging into Melinda's past in her brain. But I think if they had really committed to it, like episode five and six would have been the perfect time for it and made it like a full on foundation story. That would have been the time to do it. I think that's the one thing the series is missing that you need to have in something like this. If you're trying to make an epic, you got to have an epic foundation. I think we took too long trying to get the robot fixed. Oh, I forgot about the episode. <laughs> like, it was neat to see Otto's stuff, but we kind of probably could have, you know. <laughs> I also did appreciate, like, the people waiting to get service for their robot parts. I mean, that's, that was amusing. <laughs> you know who else was amusing? And I'm surprised they showed up in the last episode of the season after they seemed like a one-off thing was the uh the two people who thought they were going to become the warriors because they're descendants mm -hmm. of the original yeah. warriors 
And I was like, oh, these guys are back, whatever. But actually, it was pretty entertaining to have them around for that last episode. And they helped I want them more. <laughs> get, get back. I was like, oh, you know what? These guys are all right. These, these guys are all right. However, like, what should have happened, like, what happened in the last episode should have happened in, like, the second to last episode. <laughs> because the climactic final battle was, like, nothing. I think all the stuff with Emma realizing the importance of the situation and realizing that she has to go back and like, that's all good stuff. Emma has the best character development out of all of these characters by far. Yeah. Idred. Yeah. I thought actually the, the elf village episode was probably the best overall episode. Thank you. That was my favorite reasons. episode. That was my favorite episode. You it's just really wanted good. the nips. You just wanted the nips. I mean, that, does, that doesn't actually happen until uh, they get sent into the, like, time whatever universe inside of Singh's eyeballs. <laughs> right. That That's when Idrid loses his shirt, I think. His retinas? <laughs> his retinas. <laughs> I, I don't know. His eye sockets, really. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this show has a lot of cool ideas it just didn't quite coordinate them well no, they enough. were not executed well the way it should have it wasn't cohesive to me in ways no. that it should have been and like what what's what's going on in that other universe like time goes so fast she's like she's gone for a day they've been there for 10 years like they they are like they follow sing right after and he's already a full grown adult by the way total total bummer he's back to being a kid like, oh man, that was such that was such a glow up, like like for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's back he's to so being buff. a kid at the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and who would Man, Merlin. Man, sing like, is the best though. Freaking Merlin in this is like oh, Melinda, she she should have stopped it. She's a child. <laughs> If you can't stop it, like, oh, okay, actually, our our drama is totally stupid. Let's make up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you did, but really. Can, can we all take a moment to fanboy and girl over how amazing and awesome and adorable he is? He's got that avatar thing going for him, plus some, and I love it. He was my favorite. <laughs> He's a little kooky, but like the fun kind of kooky. And then he just, he could be a badass. And then why he could be is everybody, again. why is everybody upset that I'm outside of my cage? Oh, <laughs> I just wanted to drink of water. <laughs> By the way, one of my earliest concerns with this is it, it, they came off like once the warriors inherited these bodies, like that's it. They're, they're never going to give them back but the fact that they actually do give them back it's like oh okay that's that's nice that actually happens that makes sense uh however like like let's say for instance they came at the right time what would have been the right time for emma like after she's married winston after they have some kids like what <laughs> like seems I like think the regardless point was you're emma really gonna was not mess supposed up to be Maybe. No, I don't think Emma. What the, my impression was 
from the first two episodes with the Fox and that dialogue was that Emma wasn't supposed to be the one chosen. She, something was disrupted or changed in the whole continuum that mm. thought that she had the right resonance or whatever. Again, this would have been a great plot if they decided to explore this further. But just from the few minutes where the Fox was like, she intentionally messed something up to make mm-hmm. it so that this would happen. That Emma wasn't the right person, that Emma didn't really bond well with Melinda's soul and she kept her own identity and that wasn't supposed to happen. So, you know, and that was that was a plot point, at least with the characters, but certainly exploring mm-hmm. with how that even happened, like the the little little fox lady evil, the great evil, whatever it was, of all of the above. Yeah. But why, why the great evil? What's, what's the, like, they, there's so much lore to this that we didn't get because it seemed like they kept going from idea to idea to idea and not, like, letting anything <laughs> do okay, anything. We, we wasn't getting to the meat of things like we should have, man. Yeah. Just I agree. Kidding. I agree. I mean, That's... Okay. Go ahead, Darrell. I mean, I just went tripping on it, man. I took it for what it was overall. But I was like, damn, could I just get a little bit more here? Mm. No, I'm just asking for a few more What was your favorite thing, Jarrell? What did you like best? There wasn't anything I really liked in particular. Oh, <laughs> no, don't say that. I'm sorry. I have to be honest about this because I'd be lying if I said, well, oh, betcha golly, wow, this is great on this part right here. You know, but... <laughs> if you said Molly, I know you were lying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I liked it for what it was, and that's I that's that's about as good as I can get on it. This on this, mm. I mean. Would you give it another was, shot for season two? Oh hell yeah! You know, like it's not like I'm just gonna write it off completely. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery job, but yeah. push. Nice drummer there. I mean, like, I would say I would watch this over again rather than watch Out No Zero because I fucking hate that show. <laughs> I mean, literally, I would watch low this. Low bar, bro. I mean, seriously. Low bar, watch, bro. <laughs> no, I would watch this in a. I would watch this show in a continuous loop over Out No Zero. Wow. Yeah. Well, what was Out No Zero's like fifty episodes? Or you watch it this like five times instead. Dude, no, I, I would really watch Eternal Unicorn in a continuous loop over Al No Zero. Dude, I An would eternal watch... loop of exactly. Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Dude, I would watch Air Master again. And I fucking hate that show. Can, can I? Let me ask this. Because Is it because it's Tartakovsky and we have a certain expectation of what he's supposed to make. Do you think that is coloring your perspective in evaluating the show? Not really. You know, it was some things I felt like was hit and miss with the writing and certain, you know, certain aspects of the show. I mean, it's not bad at all, but you know, it was just some things that I felt like was missing me. Like, you know, it was like, Gindy's touch wasn't there in certain places that it should have been. Okay. That's all it is. I mean, seriously. Yep. <laughs> I'm starting to develop the feeling like um, 
Gendy Tartakovsky might not be the best writer. <laughs> He's great at making a scene. I, I will say he shouldn't do romance. He, he shouldn't do romance. This no. no, he's terrible at romance. In, in okay. He's yeah. terrible romance. at romance. How many weddings has he ruined? <laughs> <laughs> he's terrible this at romance. One, this one, of course, was okay. I mean, it gave me a little bit of Twilight, but it was okay. Like, ah. I was definitely... I was definitely on Are you Elf, Team Edward like, or Team Winston? <laughs> I am Team Eldred all the way. Um, team Winston, no. He, no. Winston no. is such a dope. I'm sorry, but boy needs to learn when to go get on with his life. Like, come on. He's no, getting I, stalkerish, and it was creepy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. It was attractive or romantic. It was super creepy. I mean, was funny, Idrid, like, Idrid a was bit. just as creepy, in my opinion. He was... Like a lot of times, I was like, I I do not like this guy. <laughs> I do not like this guy very much. But he's way more aware about it. Idrid becomes self aware by the end of the series. He's her alone. Like he's sulking in the corner, which is normal for that. But at Ooh. least he's he's leaving her alone. He's not pushing himself on her. He gets it. And I think that that was a real moment of self awareness for him that yeah. he didn't even have. Meanwhile, Winston is all like fully embracing the fact that Emma wants to will give him the time of day because like he's he's totally embracing that. <laughs> Adorable and funny. Yeah. But still. He's he's just a, a big stupid uh, puppy dog. But yes. yeah, he that was a very, very sturdy undergarments. <laughs> My God, the golden diaper. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that, was, that was quality stuff. You know, I'll give I'll I'll give the writing credit for one thing. I was so expecting Winston to be evil or to turn evil or to be well, used by that the evil. Be, I would have been that would have been weird for me. <laughs> no, but instead he turns into a werewolf be, because because uh, <laughs> he found a guy who looks suspiciously like an older version of him on some boat somewhere and gets bit and now he's a werewolf but he seems oddly okay with it <laughs> can we talk about my favorite scene where the evil takes over a bunch of statues and they're naked and <laughs> emma has this moment of oh my god where she's blushing and then El- <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was laughing my ass off. Oh my god, that was so the, stupid. The, the funny. statues took offense to that. Uh, they were just like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> like oh this is a thing that's happening. This is this is an Adult Swim show. We're doing this. Okay, let's let's just go. <laughs> Just say that didn't make me chuckle quite a bit. It's making me chuckle now. It's not just the wine. It was funny. Come on, guys. It was a little funny. It's not just the stone wine. penises, it, magical it was, swords. It was a good. It was a good gag. It was a good. I gag. Mean, it had gag. some good gags. It did. I mean, you could say it was hard as a rock. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it's okay. We can like make statue, this. Statue, 
jokes. We're all adults. It's fine. <laughs> and if you're not an adult, you were warned when you got onto the episode. That's all I can say. Well, this show did, in fact, still air on Cartoon Network. And so will the Superman show. It's also going to air on their Acme Night blog. They're going to air All-Star Superman on that thing. That's really neat. Why isn't that on Toonami? That's a good animated movie. That should air on Toonami. I digress. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, man. There's there is things that I like about this series, but... Even as far back as like episode five, I just kind of have thinking I'm bored. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't really care about these characters or what's going on. Sing is entertaining. Copernicus is entertaining. There's good gags and I like the visuals and the sound effects and the music and all that. But eh, stories not grabbing me. And then... The Elf Village happened, and I was like, all right, that's a pretty good story. And then the ending happened, and then I'm like, okay, this is pretty underwhelming. <laughs> I completely disagree. I give it a 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it a lot. And mm. I thought, yes, it's not perfect, but I've come to rethink how I look at shows now because I was doing a sort of a scan of the anime that's up there and the anime we've been watching in general. And quite frankly, there is a lot of garbage average stuff out there. And if you oh, compare yeah. this, if you compare this to what is out there at large, it's pretty high quality. On tsunami, we have had such really high to reach that maybe we're a little spoiled. We're looking at it through a very specific lens of stuff where we've had like Cowboy Bebop, where we've had Samurai Jack, where we've had things that are really amazing 10 out of 10 shows that nobody can really exceed. So, well, we've also had Tenshi GXP. Yeah, but but for the most part, we when anything doesn't meet that high quality mark, it's so easy for us to just be like, eh, here's all the problems with it. And yeah, in a in a in a in a sense, like it's important our job to say critically, here's what was wrong with the show, here's how it could have been better. And I think that's important. Yes, I don't disagree. But I also think that this was a good show. It was entertaining. It had it had something that I was looking for as a viewer. It had some interesting characters. It had some interesting animation sequences and interesting storylines. And I would keep watching it. That's the question. Would you keep watching it? Ultimately, if you want to keep seeing what happens, then it is a success. Because it's achieved that. Right? And we all have agreed we want to see season two, right? Uh, I feel like it kind of cheated in that regard by dragging its feet until the climactic season finale where they're like now everything in time is all messed up don't you want to see what happens next oh my god that gave me so much anxiety <laughs> i hate when things are messed up <laughs> like did this happen after emma visited her parents it must have because everything seemed fine there and in the elf village i, did, I didn't like the ending yeah i didn't like the ending at all like That's it's true. it's a, it's a promising setup like if that happened in episode three, like in Samurai Jack, 
but no, we're uh, we're just leaving it hanging there. Whether or not it this works, this is the one thing to be determined. I, I looked up a bunch of um, interviews of Tartakovsky when he's talking about this show, and I feel like that's the missing out of his interviews is what was he trying to achieve? Like, what was the story he wanted to tell? Why was this one that was so important to him that he pitched it for 20 years? That's the one thing. If if for some miracle you managed to get an interview with him, that's the one question I would like to ask hmm. is why this story? Why did it hang on to you? What is what is it you're trying to tell with this story? That's a fair question. I would like the answer. He must have his reasons. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not a bad show. But like I said, it was just certain hits and misses for me. But overall, I still think it's a good show to watch, you know. And that uh, fucking cliffhanger. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, trust me, I don't see I don't watch much worse shit. So and I mean, I don't literally watch Captain Future in English, Japanese, and German. Oh. And so, yeah. So this is a step up in a lot of ways. But, you know, I think Guinea was just trying to go in another direction. But like I said, it's still, I still feel like some elements of him was left out and the execution was just kind of missed in certain places. And like I said, that cohesion factor, it just wasn't there for the whole story. But I still would watch this again. And I want a season two. And there you go. Darrell can be Copernicus's voice. Goddamn right. <laughs> can Copernicus have a bottle of Cavassier in his hand? Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, bless your heart. Seriously, that probably would be my catchphrase. Bless your heart. <laughs> I would literally say, "Bless your heart, you poor unsharpened pencil." <laughs> that's just and that's just like and salt in the wound when you say you poor unsharpened pencil. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I should write about this show on the website. <laughs> Please do. I mean, I think I should be the one to do that. By all means. All right, CJ. <laughs> Something to expect. In, uh, days. I've honestly been contemplating that question you've asked, and I still can't get an answer. I am mm. so torn. I have no idea. I'm not able to, like, really, like, put into... Oh, God, how's this, how do I phrase it? It's like... What were my biases going into the show? And then what were my biases as it was unfolding? Because I love Sam Jack's the first four seasons. I love Primal. Dexter's Lab was awesome. I did not like Symbionic Titan. I did not like this. And it's just like, was it from like previous stuff from Tartakovsky that I didn't like? Did that have effect on this? I honestly can't figure out the right answer for that. Mm. I don't know. That's fair. At least you're thinking it. I, 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 it's really puzzling me because I'm usually pretty good at like knowing where my biases land on it and where I can kind of separate that for something to at least go at something pure mind and objective. 
But like Tartakovsky's, whenever that name gets thrown out, I guess something does kind of throw me out of whack because it's like very hit or miss with me. But yet mm. the hits are like really, really high. Like I can't stress enough how much Primal is really good. Um, and I can't stress enough how much a lot like Symbionic Titan is just not for me. I don't like it. I don't understand the following that it has. You know, it's a very, very devoted and, you know, sizable following where people still to this day continue to ask for it to be finished. And it's just like, let something go, please. But they will not do it. So where where do I fall? Like, right. Like, where did I fall with this series playing out the way that it did? Maybe I also feel a bit differently because it didn't debut on Toonami, right? Like, I don't know. It's a very tough call for me because Primal didn't, but I love that. So what was so different here and what seemed to fail? Because, like, there's aspects I do like. Like I said, Emma Belinda's design, excellent. The facial express expressions, her development, like, those two were great. Absolutely fantastic for the show. But no one else really captured me. Uh, I think the sounds, while you mentioned ones that were good, and I can pick out scenes where I'm like, yeah, it was good, really just was just there, didn't really do anything for me. Story, meh. Didn't really care for it. Uh, it felt like the pacing was really slow. Uh, I got bored, like Sketch mentioned. Um, I did enjoy, you know, the little hijinks with Copernicus saying, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, like, I don't know. I don't know where my biases do kind of, like, me land for it. So... I guess it's just more something where I need to see more, I guess. I don't know. It's very, very it's, it's um, been puzzling me for really quite some time. Enlightened viewpoint, I think. And, and I'll, and I'm, I, I was thinking too, when you talk about primal, if we were to go back to when we first were talking about the first few episodes of primal primal grew on you. If I recall correctly, you weren't blown away at the beginning, but it did grow on you. You And then by the end, you were like, yeah, I see it. I'm totally into this. So it may be one of those things where you just need some, I don't know, maybe I, I could be projecting here. You may need some time. But I also think like, I was thinking about what we've talked about with creators and Shinichiro Watanabe is a great example. He made Samurai Champloo. And that was one of my favorite series. He also made Cowboy Bebop. Um, but he made a couple other series. Like it took me when I first watched Carol and Tuesday, like I thought it was great, but I was like, this isn't wowing me, but it's so good. It's clearly very good, but it's not wowing me. What is it that I'm missing? You know? And, and then I realized that it's the mood of the creator wanting to do something different with a certain project. And maybe like, I was just expecting this adventure saga that wasn't happening. This was not an adventure saga. This was a character development saga. It was a different creature. It was a different creation. And once I was able to get past my own bias with what I thought what a Watanabe creation should be, I was able to really enjoy and appreciate the show as it was and not trying to make it what I thought it should be. But I don't know that that's just, that's just my idea of, of mm. us looking shows I, in general. I, I definitely and didn't have that. I can definitely say I didn't have that. Cause I think, cause Jack and Primal are two, like they have similar aspects, but I find them vastly different um, for me. One's like, mm -hmm. like they, they, like I say, they have similar aspects, but I, I find them a bit uh, different for me uh, for this. I don't know. This one is such an enigma because it wasn't like, so like, it didn't get such a negative reaction out of me. Like, you know, symbiotic does, 
but it doesn't get like the highs either. So I'm just like, it's very middling, but I don't know why I feel that way, I guess, because what are my preconceived notions with Tartakovsky, who's been in the business for forever, right? Like people love uh, his work, understandably so, when you see some of the highs. I just, I can't quite get it. And I think that might be something that I need to be able to get through to really adequately say what I think. Because, and you know, Sketch Durrell, they've known me long enough. I try to make things as objective as possible because I think it's important to realize that, yes, we have preconceived notions. So, like, when I rate something very highly, it's like, yes, this works for me because of yada, yada, yada. No, this didn't work for me because of yada, yada, yada. That's not necessarily to say it's a bad show. Like, it's very hard for me to actually objectively say this is a bad show. I've named three of them on this podcast. That's okay because I can find the crap. But I don't know how to necessarily adequate something that I find middling, I guess, because it's like you have these highs, you have these lows, you have these things that work, the things that don't work. And it's just like it, it makes us just jumbled mess. And maybe I would think differently if it was like the first exposure on Toonami, because maybe it was the preconceived notions from, you know, other people that might have subconsciously kind of affected me, kind of like how hmm. uh, people would say about advertisements on like social media platforms when they were first starting. Like, I remember a big thing. I wouldn't say controversy, but a big thing that parents are worried about with like when Facebook was first starting out was like, oh, my God, look at all these ads that keep popping up on, you know, kids walls, things like that. Same with YouTube. When it was first starting out. And so I'm wondering if that type of aspect subconsciously also affected me as well, considering that it aired somewhere else before here. So people could digest it and like kind of throw their things. And with me trying to go in blind, but I'm always online every day where that could have also uh, put some preconceived notions into my head without me really even understanding or knowing that. Uh, but I, I'm like I say, I'm very puzzled just because like if if it was anyone but Tartakovsky, I probably would be able to have a different answer for me. But because I have such highs and lows with his work, it's like, hmm, I honestly don't know how to answer that in an effective way that I think would reach the standard of what I always look for when I give an opinion about something. Right. Like I can give you that with Fenafire, uh, uh, Princess Pirate, whatever. I can't even remember the title of the show. I'm so sad about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Shen, yeah. I, that was Visually that. gorgeous, a complete failure is a story. We've all agreed to that, I but, think. But it's like I can I can do that stuff, right? I can do it with yeah. all the stuff. Housing Complex C. I can do it with. I love Housing uh, Complex C. <laughs> there's, there's like a lot of like stuff where I can give you that type of thing. This one I can't. I don't know why. And I think maybe a nice little control that would be how i feel watching uh, my adventures with superman maybe since it at least has that similar time frame but i don't know maybe it's simply a tartakovsky thing maybe i have a tartakovsky thing i don't know mm-hmm. it's a very very interesting thing because you, you are entitled to your opinion man. he's not the first one i'd go for i Absolutely. will say that we I all are. Just... that's why we're here yeah. it, it makes it for interesting discussion though that we're able to like offer each something different and that's why i don't mind you know like you guys like saying yeah it was mid it was it was okay and me being like i loved it like that's great it's so great for us to be able to say why though because then it gives our listeners something to say like okay they can rethink maybe what they were thinking about the show in either direction and that's important Look, yeah, I have yeah. went back and talked about shows that I enjoyed back in the past and then revisited, and I was like, you know what? This was pure shit. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd necessarily go that far, but no, Sketch, I think it's, it's I have a Tartakovsky thing. There's something different about his properties as opposed to, like, other shows or anime that I get. 
there, there's no way there's no way you I have an expectation there you might have be an expectation there might be something but yet there isn't because i'd never really looked forward to like primal until after it was all done i uh, have an expectation um, i'll say that but i, I never, think my bias is colored had, in another way i never had it with like an expectation stuff i just wanted to see something good and it was never really about like him per se, but it's just like, oh, I just happen to really like Sam Jack. Oh, I happen to like this, that. But no, there's there's something now as I've gotten older that's blocking me with its sketch. I don't I don't know how to describe it quite yet. You've reached your anime plateau, maybe. You well, need that to... I, that I already know for sure. Yeah, but... you need your you need something to tip you off the edge into the new territory into the next oh, thing. Sketch is like, don't tip them off the edge, please. <laughs> I think that would be good for, you know, because then you find something new and you'll be totally enthusiastic about it. Like, I already, when My Hero well, Academia came out. I've already done that, yeah. Uh, well, no, it, it's probably now more Black Clover than anything, but, like... Well, not just that, but, like, not you... Darrell, too. Darrell, when he loves something, he's, like, all in, and he's like, yeah, this was amazing, this was great, this was fucking awesome, I loved it. Like, he's the same way. He's enthusiastic about shit, and he'll tell you, and if he's not, he'll tell you, and if he's mid, he'll tell you. So, you know, I feel like this group is a really solidly honest, like, not overly critical, but not overly optimistic i think my thing maybe is, I me i might be a little bit rose-colored glasses but i've admitted that i admitted that i have a bias and that's probably i'm more the point of if it's something i like and i everybody's saying saying this shit then if i like it my opinion is what fucking counts at the end of the day that's my happiness mm-hmm. I mean, like, a lot of people love One Piece, but I'm not a big fan of it, but I love messing with my friends about it. You know, just joking, but I say if it genuinely makes you happy, then enjoy the fuck out of it, because I love fucking Bleach. Yeah. I fucking love Bleach. I mean, yes. seriously. It ain't shit you can tell them about it. <laughs> you, can, you can badmouth all you want to, but I give zero fucks about your opinion, because at the end of the day, it's something that makes me happy, but, you know, I can still look at things objectively and still, if it's something I love, and I was like, if this was shit, I would say it was shit because Bleach did have some shitty-ass episodes. And that's just being downright honest. They didn't always hit the mark for me. I mean, <laughs> you know, they really didn't. You don't think I think One Piece has some crappy storylines. You're wrong. <laughs> that's, and that's the whole thing about it. I was like, just because I love something, I will not be biased towards it. I mean, there are times when, you know, there's just like, man, this was not great. This was sucky as hell. It was not done well, or this this was not portrayed in the light that I wanted to be. But, like I said, at the end of the day, it's about what you like. I mean, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, Kuro. I'm not saying that I totally <laughs> like the show. I believe that with a little bit, I was like, if, see, if there is a season two, I think that'll probably be better developing because, look here, you know, you, we don't always get it right on the first on the first time, but you can always improve. There's always room for improvement, and that just goes to show. Like you would get it, he does miss the mark sometimes. It's, yeah, that's fair. Show. That's just okay, like, that's, that's, fair. that's really how I'm looking at it. I mean, it's not a bad show because, like I said, I've seen shit that is far worse. No, I don't think anybody could actually say this is a bad show, and maybe. 
as Carl said, that there's certain expectations because it's a Gendy show. It was interesting that you brought up Watanabe because I don't like all of Watanabe's shows. I really love Space Dandy. Uh, I respect Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I enjoyed Champloo. And I really liked... Champloo uh, is gold, and I don't want to hear anything other than that. I swear, I, I will. <laughs> I really... I really uh, <laughs> Uh, I really liked Carolyn Tuesday, actually. Uh, I enjoyed Carolyn Tuesday, too. I mean, with I, I Carolyn Tuesday, I, I, it, was, it was about the music for me because I'm a big yeah. I'm a musician myself. Yeah, yeah. Music so. shows, like, Kids on the Slope. 100%. Dang, man. So good. Dub, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> no, that 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 um soundtrack was lovely. Oh, that oh, soundtrack yeah. was gorgeous. Absolutely. So I'm looking at Gendy shows, and there hasn't been a Gendy thing that I haven't liked and this is somehow probably falling below all of them to some extent like there's things about it i definitely like but like i, I don't know i mean samurai jacks and bionic titan primal dexter's laboratory before it got you know yeah. rebooted <laughs> this the star wars the clone wars shorts that are so good like He's, you know, he he really doesn't miss, but there are aspects about his productions that I have probably grown more critical of as time has progressed, and like the romance thing is a big one because let's be real here, Samurai Jack season five would have been better without it. God, <laughs> yeah, better. I read a really good article about Way that. Better. That the, the romance thing was the biggest problem in that show, and I 100% agree. The romance was the biggest problem. It was a little bit of a problem in Primal, just a just a little bit of one. But I uh, didn't even care. It happened so late. It didn't. It didn't even bother me at that point. It was like a sit, and yeah. I didn't need to be. In Samurai uh, Jack, it was a plot point, and it was obnoxious plot point, and it took away from Jack's own dark uh, journey, and that was really important to me to see. It was about Jack. It wasn't about this, mm. this what's-her-face. Like, their friendship. Ashi. Friendship, Ashi would have been... Friendship with Ashi, yeah, that would have been important. I would have gone on board with that. And then the struggle with, like, friends being with someone who's... Being friends with someone who's evil or whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine could have I could have seen a really interesting storyline with that but the, the whole not romance that I don't thing, want just a non-starter. To be happy it's just no it was a non-starter because the creation of the romance was completely contrived it there was no sexual tension there was no there was nothing to make you feel invested in the characters to be together and and that's that's all I that's what I have to say about that I think Tartakovsky he's getting a little slightly better at it you know with the mm-hmm. the whole love triangle thing it was it was marginally better i so, feel at least like i cared about two of the characters being together but still it was it was a little distracting and he's he needs to work on that and maybe this, or maybe bring on someone else to do that for him this is my current tartakovsky tier list okay top tier is symbionic titan and Samurai Jack and Primal are like neck and neck. Then Dexter's Laboratory and Star Wars. And right about there is where Samurai Jack Season 5 falls. And then this show, Unicorn, and the Dexter's episodes after the initial patch. 
which I don't remember how much involved Gendy's even with that, but it's his creation. <laughs> so that's, that's, about, that's, that's about my tier list. I can't believe you put Symbionic Titan first. I love Symbionic Titan. Also, it has the best romance in any Gendy show. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, scratch that. I suppose Mandark and Dexter's sister is the best romance in Gendy. No, shows. my God, <laughs> that, that that's so funny. I, I. 100% agree. Wait, that, that wait, no, no, it's Monkey and the girl. Agent Honey, dude. Agent Honey, yes. 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 I should not know these fucking things. Fuck uh, there were so many references to Gendy's stuff in this show. Like, they go, a Seng goes to a portal, he ends up in what looks like a really uh, kidified version of Primal. Uh, he, the auto has purple gloves, which have to be a nod to Dexter. And I think, I think he even referenced his, uh, buddy Craig McCracken's show with the, the design of the elf village looking a lot like Foster's home for imaginary friends. And I like that kind of visual stuff. I, I liked it a lot. But at the end of the day, references aren't everything. <laughs> And visual aesthetics aren't everything. And sound aesthetics aren't everything. And music isn't everything. You gotta have a story that grabs me. And this one, no. Didn't grab you by the chore blast, did it? Did not. That isn't to say that I, like the I, I, I still think it's a good series. It's a good miniseries. And if it continues, it could potentially be much better but that's if we get more <coughs> it's at the very least probably worth your time to watch so if you missed it on tsunami and you missed both the marathons of it it's on hbo max and it'll probably rerun on adult swim and other places but uh now we we bid it farewell as we welcome in Superman's first solo animated series since 1997. Damn, that's a long ass time. I think. <laughs> when did Superman the animated series end? I think it started in '96. Something like that. Yeah, it's been a long time, and well, it sure does look anime. But that's that's okay. I think the aesthetics work. Uh, I think we've we've talked give me, enough. Give me a number rating. <laughs> Just before we go. A number rating. A number rating. Yeah, a number out of ten. What would you give it? I've said already. Mine would be seven out of ten. I know Six we all out are of ten. I knew you were going to say that. I think five is too low. Six oh. six seems right to me. 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> CJ's going 3. Uh, 4 uh, <laughs> out of 10. Really? I thought CJ was going to be 5. <laughs> nah, it's just... The true middle. Yeah, no, because I'm not middle on this <laughs> one. At least not yet. He's low. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to sleep on that. Maybe. Look, yeah, I'll put it to you like this. I enjoyed this 
and I'm about to just be low down as fuck because people gonna people who know me gonna laugh, but I, this was better than fucking Yasuke though. Oh come on, wait. Yep. <laughs> Why you yeah. gotta bring that up? <laughs> because I needed to. Uh, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. My thing is, there is no fucking way the main character was supposed to become secondary to his own shit. Mm, yeah. Bad ass fucking storytelling. Mm-hmm. Only fucking good thing about Yasuke was the fucking soundtrack. Well, yes, of course. Flying Lotus, Lotus, man. Yeah. It had a potential. I, I liked the idea. I liked the concept. Hmm. We're talking about Yatsuki. Because I am a very adept student when it comes to Yatsuki. I like... I mean, it was fine that they added the supernatural. It was stuck between also with that show. Like, you gotta either commit to the supernatural commit to the real. Like, come on. Go, go with it all the way. Make a commitment. Completely fantastic. just fucked it up all the way around. And he knows he did. Fuck him. Okay. Not that Jerome feels strongly about this. He doesn't feel strongly about it. Oh, my bad. I have personal grievances, but trust me, I gave it an unbiased opinion before I even spoke my piece on it. I think I gave it like maybe a five or a six, but it might have been a little bit high. I forgot what I even called it because. um, R is really low. I was just happy to see the story told. And the thing is, this is one thing that pisses me off about Yasuke. Like, he is literally a footnote in anything that they do for him, which pisses me off. Like, even the book that I read, everything was a fucking footnote for the most part. Give me some more in depth mm-hmm. shit. But, okay, I digress. I'm, I'm just went on a fucking tangent. Hey, <laughs> so, but, that's what we do here. Know, we digress. I'm supposed to be a professional. I know better than this. But, yeah. <laughs> But still, I, I still um, Eternal Unicorn Warrior is still a good watch. You know, it's just a few hits and misses, but I would definitely recommend, like, all the first time casual, just watch it. I mean, hell, That's I, a love, good point. I mean, I fucking love Primal just for the simple fact, like, it wasn't, it didn't have a whole lot of dialogue, but that, you know, how the story is progressing is like, look, I don't need fucking words to follow this. And sometimes, like, even with um, Eternal Unicorn Warriors, I'm looking at it like this. You don't necessarily have to make sense of it to actually enjoy it. Just watch it for what it is. And sometimes, to be honest with you, I don't need to have to think deeply about something. I just want to enjoy it. And even though, there were, like I said, there were some things missing, I still enjoyed watching the show. And I hope it gets to season two. I think we all hope it gets a season two. That is a really perfect statement to end on. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. And if you have any commentary about Unicorn Warriors Eternal or anything else regarding Toonami, you can email us at podcast at com. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast and on Twitter at Tsunami Podcast, though Twitter is clearly a sinking ship and uh, we may have to rethink our strategies. <laughs> uh, but we're still there for now. Still well, an amusing sinking ship. Well, that's what happened when you let the Thomas Edison of the 21st century um, get Twitter. 
And you can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, PodBay, Podbean, PodcastAddictRadio.com, Spotify, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at SoundCloud.com backslash Tsunami Fable Podcast. And you can get the latest news by following at Tsunami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on TsunamiFable.com. Kuro, tell them where they can find you. You can simply find me on Twitter. I have an Instagram, but it's only cats, and it won't do any of you any good unless you like cats. But it's at Kitty on Twitter, and I write articles for the website. Please go to the Tsunami Faithful website. There's a lot of great writers on there, lots of fun articles, and some of them happen to be mine. <laughs> CJ, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CJ Mafras. Uh, you can also find my stuff like our weekly this week from Toonami uh, articles on the website. I'm also trying out uh, threads. Same name, uh, CJ Mafras. So feel free to find me there. Uh, we'll see. But other than that, uh, you probably won't really hear from me. I mean, I'll do what I can to try to be a little more social on those things. But I've been kind of preoccupied with other stuff so uh i will try. we can't wait to hear what those stuffs are mm-hmm. there's always good stuff maybe maybe for another podcast not not for this mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and mr durrell where can they find you as always y'all can find me at your local bar no just kidding you can find me at ukami underscore sunrise seven at twitter.com and I'm barely on Twitter these days, but, you know, if you mention me or you see me posting something, rejoice. Yeah, you know, when Twitter had its uh, worldwide day of play the other day, it was it was kind of. Kind of like the chains were off. <laughs> like I could I could not pay attention to Twitter at all because I couldn't look at anything. I could just do something else. It was freeing. Yeah, maybe it wasn't so bad. <laughs> but if they rate limit DMs, it. we're in trouble. <laughs> but for now, you can still find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And my panel, I must ask you, Who's coming back to talk about food wars? I mean, oh my God. You, can, you can have me. It won't be pretty, but you can have me. Same here. I'm I'm not going to say nice things, but I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I might actually be like the most positive person, but I'm still going to tear the crap out of it. Listen, oh Kuro is the optimist no, for regret- today. You can be it for yeah. that. <laughs> oh my God! Straws, you, you know something. Out. You know something about food wars. I have never been optimistic about food wars, but I have enjoyed it nonetheless. This this food wars will will deserve whatever it comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't regret it being on tsunami because that's kind of fun. However, I will enjoy ripping it a new one. Was it better not to air the last season? The answer is yes. It's always yes. This this is why, you know, 
you know who to call, <laughs> not the Ghostbusters. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in a future podcast, we'll talk about that lovely uh, tsunami on the green panel happening. It's the Adult Swim Festival at San Diego Comic-Con. Probably not the next episode, maybe the one after. Uh, I don't know. We got uh, Food Wars to talk about, if nothing else. So that will do it for this episode of the Toonami Fable Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening each and every time that you tune in. Thank you for listening to this entire podcast, if you made it this far. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you will not be scared away and come back. <laughs> no, I hate Holly, so fuck out. <laughs> he's He doesn't mean it. He loves you all. Except, except Paul. Paul. <laughs> yeah. I beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Paul is like literally the object of my fucking disdain. I love fucking with Paul. I'm going to start calling Garel Copernicus. <laughs> well, I am a Capricorn, so. so well, I'm gonna, that's going to be my nickname for him. <laughs> Hey, look at I deal. I read a lot about Copernicus when I was growing up as a kid, so yeah, I'll accept that. The yes, our our astronomical wonder. <laughs> well, thank you again for listening, and until next time, we're punching out. Peace. Deuces. Deuces.